Hi, I'm Matt, and you are listening to Real Things That Really Matter. Our heart in this show is to open up the floor to conversation about topics in the Bible and Christianity that may be hard to understand, and to see them from different perspectives. I know that we don't always agree on some things, but we feel that we should be able to ask questions and listen to each other as we walk through this life following Jesus. So sit back, grab a coffee, and enjoy as we venture into another conversation on real things that really matter. Hi, Mike. Hey, Matt. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing good. It feels good to be back in studio and, and doing, doing our, our thing. thing yeah. Doing our thing. Yeah. Uh, we're out of the Beatitudes now. We're still on Sermon of the Mount. We did. We did make it through the Beatitudes, which um, for you who are listening, that may be what you thought was the whole Sermon on the Mount. But guess what? We're just getting started. It goes on for another chapter and a half. Right. <laughs> There's a lot that Jesus had to say to the people who sat down and, and came to listen to him. Like I said, uh, this, is, this is the most important sermon preached in the history of mankind. And this was instrumental in the whole focal point of, of Jesus's ministry. And the next section is teaching about salt and light. Salt and, and light. Yes. And then it is... Verse 13 that says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. You know what just hit me? And this is where studying context and all of the things that Jesus said is very important. But it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others. And what did you say? So that, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. But then we read on in another part where he says, don't do anything for people to see it. Well, don't let your right hand know what your left hand. And doing. that's as far as like giving money and everything. Mm, you know? What about the Pharisees when he's talking about, they want their good works to be seen by men and, and get their praise from men. And so a lot of times we say, Oh, I can't, I can't even take credit for what I've done. I can't even take credit that I was a part of that because I can't let anybody see it. But so Jesus says, what are you saying that Jesus is talking on both sides of his mouth? No, I think that we have to have context. <laughs> about when and where the things that he says need to be applied. The, the blanket right. statement of, I can't let anybody know what I'm doing. If somebody sees it, well, then it's not counted as righteous or good or whatever. That's a lie. Now, if I'm going out like the Pharisees, and so let's compare it as a Pharisee. They're going out in the streets, shine, bringing the bells and blowing the trumpet, saying, look at all the good things that I'm doing. Well, that's getting glory from men. But letting people see your good work. So let's say I'm out on the street and 
Uh, I'm not doing this for anybody to see it, but somebody happens to see that I stop and talk to a guy that's on the corner with a sign that says, please help. Family's desperate. I need money. I have no idea how I'm going to eat tonight. Okay, I stopped and talked to him, and I gave him whatever I had in my wallet. And somebody saw it. Do I not let it be known that that was because of Christ? Because, well, if somebody sees it, then it's obviously not counted as righteous or good. Well, I don't necessarily... I would say that, you know, helping someone on the side of the road, whether you're a Christian or not, you don't have to be a, a, a believer to do that. Uh, no, I don't say you do either, but in and, a Christian context. And do you? And I'm not necessarily saying that you're advertising your good deeds either, but you're not hiding them. So, but how often in the church or in our lives or in growing up that we did we at least assume the understanding that if I, if anybody sees what I do, I can't take credit for it. I can't say I was a part of that. I have to just say, Oh no, 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 no. It's all God. It's all God. I didn't do anything. It wasn't me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think that's right either. Um, I think you could totally take credit for the works that you do because Jesus says it right there. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to God. But they have to see it. Right. And it's not like you'd stop on the side of the road and help the homeless guys. Hey, hey look, listen, I'm a Christian and I'm going to help you now. And I, I want you to acknowledge that I'm a Christian. That's why I'm helping you. <laughs> and, and then it, blow the trumpets and, and honk uh, your horn and, yeah, and go to Katie uh, yeah, and get it and on the say, radio. Here I am <laughs> helping this destitute dude. I'm a Christian, by the way. And that's why I'm doing it. Everybody see me. Right. Right. No. It's like a city. A city on a hill. You can't miss it. Because you're standing, it's there. I don't know. Is there any cities on hills that that we can reference? What's a city on a hill? I have no idea. What's a big city that when you're driving, you just can't, you you see it? I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. Everything's in a valley. I don't know any cities. We don't want to be on a hill. I don't know any cities built on a hill, technically. These things, it's, you're living away in such a way that it can't be, it can't be hidden. It just shines out. It's like a beacon of hope in a dark world. But it's not a, a shameful thing that that some people notice that. Right. So I guess I don't know if there's a fine line or or a significant line there. There's you're not advertising it, but you're not hiding it either. I think it's a bigger line than we think because how much shame does it create in a culture of people who think nobody can see what I'm doing? And if they do, well, then I'm, oh, I'm just not, I'm not doing it right. I'm not good enough to do the good works that I'm supposed to do in secret so that my father may reward me. I'm not good enough, and and I people keep I just I can't let them see me do this. What does that create? You know, and I think it's a heart thing. I don't necessarily know. Ah. I, I don't necessarily know that you should do it because other people can see it or not see it. You just do it because that's what God wants you to do, and God sees it. Right. And that's the one that really matters. And it's not necessarily, well, I guess I don't really feel like people are paying that much attention to what you do anyhow. It's like I. It seems that way in this day and age. I, 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 I don't. I don't. I don't drive around say and try to you know with my notepad and say who's doing good works today and who's not. I, I'm not saying they're great. I got my own life to leave. I don't pay attention to what other people are doing. <laughs> Matt, I, well, you I should... don't. 
<laughs> just, oh, oh, he's doing good. He's doing good. Okay, okay. Here I am grading him. It's not like I'm doing Google reviews on folks that I see. Well, I think that's a problem in and of itself. <laughs> okay. That's what Facebook's for. <laughs> right. I mean, sorry, what? <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm going to put this on Instagram, this good deed that I did, and let everyone see it. Yeah. See, that's not good either. Hmm. I think it's when you seek the the praise of men over doing the will of God. And right. doing the will of God is going to create ripples, good and bad. Kind of like we talked about last week with the persecution. When the persecution comes or you're in a place where uh, Christianity is persecuted, doing the good works of God is going to create bad ripples for that aspect. They're going to say, yeah, you're one of them. Let's go get him. But it's also going to create a, an, a, a, a desire for those who need that hope that are drawn into that kingdom, that, that thing that you're bringing, which is the hope of Christ. Hmm. Right. And I guess I could see you know, if, if you really help somebody out and you just seem you make an impact on them, they could say, hey, you know what? I want what you have. You have something different. Yeah. Let and me I into think, your city. And then it's like, can... Can you help me get what you got? Yeah. And, and I believe that's the whole purpose of living in such a way that the light shines. Because when, you, when you're in a dark room, when you're in a very dark place, you want to find the light. And when you see the light, you're going to go towards it, hoping that's your, your right. salvation, your rescue. Like, okay, there's the light. If I get close to the light, I can at least see something. Right. It's the same way in the world. When you're living in darkness and you're lost and you're hopeless and you see somebody that has this light, um, they're drawn to that. Not everybody, but a lot of people are drawn to that, wanting to know how is it that you can live in the same world that I'm living in and be the way you are. Right. And, you know, I I know that there's there's times where people have helped other people and that really helped them out of a jam. And those people don't even appreciate it. They're right. just like, oh... And, and it can be disheartening because you're like, I wanted some recognition for what I just did for you, at least a thank you or something. That <laughs> I really got you were in a tight spot, and you know I helped you out, and now you're just you're like, okay, see you later. It's like, uh, how about thanks? <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's in a way that's just wanting recognition from men. It's like, well, I just happened to, you know. Pull you I don't know. Jesus said know. the same thing when he healed the the seven lepers, or the, or the, t- the ten lepers. Or the ten the, lepers. The ten and lepers. The one only one back. came back, and yeah. God was like, it didn't "What happened to the other nine? Yeah, what happened? And, and he felt the same way. Yeah, yeah he was like, "Is you there know what? no thank you? I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, how about a thank you? Leprosy's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of a kind of a that big, was a life changing moment, and only one came back. So, but let our light shine, and that's that's again. This is all about a heart thing. The Beatitudes uh, that we talked about, it's a heart it, its a heart condition. It's not a thing that I can fabricate. I can't just go out and be like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, be meek today. Yeah. And I'm just going to go uh, just kind of hunger and thirst for righteousness. It's a heart thing. It's a lifestyle, and it's a, it's a journey that we get to go on when we start following Jesus. It's kind of a progression. Through that, I become a light. A city on a hill. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose. I think I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to have to Google and find out where cities on a hill are actually built because I don't think there are any. Uh, Armageddon. 
Armageddon's Megiddo. a city on a hill. Yeah, remember when you go there? It's on the big plot. It's on the on the. Well, yeah, but tell. it's not. I was there, and I don't remember there being a city up there, though. It was a city. I digress. <laughs> it was a city, <laughs> but it didn't make it somehow because it was built on a hill. No, no, and that's no. a dumb place to build a city. There's a lot of people that wanted to tear it down. I a lot see. of civilizations. Let's move on about okay, teaching about the law. On. This next part uh, is really interesting to me because it covers some very deep issues. So, Matt, do you want to read about sure. the law? Teaching about the law. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Boom. Yeah. He's actually commending the Pharisees and the scribes there. In a way. <laughs> that always got me. You mean so if I'm not better than them, I can't I can't get into the kingdom? What's he saying? I think that he's he's going back to a heart thing. Oh, that we can't do it. It's up to Jesus. Right. The blood of goats and bulls has never brought salvation. It was just a temporary uh a temporary sacrifice sacrificial system in order to help uh mitigate the sin. It was a reminder of God's grace, but Jesus, his blood brings remission of sin, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That's where true righteousness comes from, yeah. right? from the blood of so if we're trying, if we're trying to live by the law, he says, you have to do it even better than the Pharisees and the scribes in order to uh, fulfill what the law was, was able to do. And the law wasn't able to bring the salvation, as we know. But the the thing that's very important is Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish it. I'm not wiping it out. I'm not saying it's null and void. I'm saying I'm here to fulfill it. What's that mean? <laughs> do, do, do. <laughs> the way I always... uh, you know, he's the ultimate sacrifice and he is the, he's fulfilling the law because he is the bridge between uh, that, rectifies mankind's sin and he bridges the gap to man back to God. Right. So the he's, fu he's fulfilling, he's fulfilling the law that way. God didn't God's ult, ult, uh, God's original plan wasn't to, that mankind would fall. They would say he would man, mankind was supposed to make the right choice and never sin. Well, yeah. Obedience. And then they would be, things would have been much different, but Given free will, a lot of times we'll make the wrong choice. Especially now. Yeah, or any Especially day. Especially now. Yeah, even back then. I mean, then, Adam so. and Eve made the wrong choice with perfection, and then we got what we got. So, Right. Yeah. But so he came to fulfill the law. And so one of the things that Matthew, and this is, you know, we're reading out of the book of Matthew, 
Matthew was very heavy on talking about how many prophecies uh, were fulfilled. He would always say, and this was to fulfill the prophecy, prophecy by uh, the prophet Jeremiah, or this was to fulfill what was spoke by the prophet Isaiah, or this was to fulfill the writing that was this and that, you know, coming, being born in, in Bethlehem and then the flight to Egypt and being called out of Egypt. It says, I will call my son out of Egypt. And, and then they, they sit down and, and they decide to make their house, their, their home in Nazareth. And it says this is to fulfill that he would be called a Nazarene. And there's all these, these little things that Matthew's always going, this was to fulfill, this was to fulfill. And the one thing Jesus fulfilled the 48 specific messianic prophecies, right? But he also fulfilled more than 324 individual prophecies that related to the Messiah. Well, how is that different than messianic though? I mean, what's the delineation between 48 messianic prophecies versus the 304 prophecies that related to the, the Messiah? That seems like those should be messianic also. Well, it related to Jesus, so I I would say 350 that. to 300 and but so it's like no. uh, he would be called a Nazarene. He would uh, bring bring. I don't know all of them because it's a lot of them. But the right. specific messianic ones, Isaiah talking about being born of a virgin and will bring the salvation to Israel and restore the relationship to God. The prophecies. Uh, I mean, Isaiah's got a lot of them, specifically related to Jesus. Moses talks about the prophet that's coming after him that will bring the law that's greater than the law he brings. This is Jesus. Yeah. And so all of these things, there's there's the difference. But the simple fact is that he, he fulfilled all of these prophecies. 352 of them. Hundreds to thousands of years before he shows up. There's no coincidence in that, that he is Jesus the Christ that was talked about by the prophets. And so this is showing through Scripture, through the Old Testament, through the Scripture that they had, that this is the Jesus, the Messiah they have all been waiting for. And so Jesus comes and he fulfills the law because he is the the cornerstone of the law. And then fulfilling the law, what is well, what does that mean? Nothing passes away until uh, how does it how does it say it? Not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until it is accomplished. So he, I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its pur- purpose is achieved. So does that mean heaven and earth have to disappear? No, I think, so the way I like to look at it, when you fulfill a legal contract, which is essentially what the law was, it was the Caesarean... Uh, covenant that God made with Israel when he freed them from Egypt. And so there's a whole teaching about the Eastern mindset. And when a king came in and conquered a nation, they set up these laws that you would abide by so that you would have the grace of the king. They were used to this. This was normal. God set this contract up with Israel. And Jesus says, I've come and I've fulfilled it because ultimately it was choose the kingdom, choose my way of life, or choose sin, which is death. Right? Correct. So Jesus comes and he fulfills that. He is the perfect sacrifice, which means that he's paid the price for all the penalties that are in this law. Yeah, and 
<laughs> That's an amazing thing. It's hard to even fathom that. But he is he is the perfect living sacrifice that pays for all the sins of mankind, past, present, and future. So does that mean that we don't consider uh, any parts of the Old Testament as valid anymore? Uh, no, not at all. I mean, you <laughs> breaking uh, sin is still sin. Breaking the law is uh, stealing in line and murdering are still sins. That's bad, yes. even in society. You, for, yes. for the moment. Yes, you shouldn't do those things. I and- like to, here's how I kind of like to look at it. So if you have a legal contract, like I started to say a little bit ago, like a mortgage. Okay. You have a mortgage on Let's your house. Let's assume you have a mortgage. Huge, huge financial obligation. There's a lot of things that you have to adhere to for a long time in order to continue this contract. I have to make my payment every month. I have to make sure that I'm not late. I have to make sure that, uh, all the things in the whole process of that, I get to live in my house. Yeah. I get to live in my house. I also have to take care of my house because just fulfilling the law isn't taking care of my house. I could just pay the mortgage and let the house go into disrepair and have absolutely nothing to live in. Correct. So Jesus fulfills the law. What's the day that I actually, I pay off the mortgage. My legal contract is fulfilled. Doesn't mean I forget about it. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. It means now I own the deed and I have the authority to uh, rule my house the way I need to. But I still can't forget about my house. No, and you wouldn't. Property tax will make sure that happens. Even not even with that, if I had nothing to pay anymore right. for my house, no property taxes, no bills, no anything. If I stopped, if I still didn't take care of yeah, my house, still, it would still maintenance again, you have to do on your house fall sure. apart. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The contract is fulfilled, right? Everything, right? But there's still, uh, there's still some things that I have to do to keep up this this house. I think, listener, what Mike is trying to say is just because Jesus paid for all of your sins. And my sins and his sins doesn't mean it's ollie ollie oxen free and you can do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it with whoever you want to do it with. There's the grace still, card. There's still consequences for our sin that we currently do. And and the again, guess what? It goes back to this relationship that we need to have with Jesus because who is the one that creates me into who I need to be? Right, and and that's God. God, God creates you into who you need to. He wants you to be, and then I continue to be made more and more into that image, into the image of Christ, and into yes. who I am. As we talked about in our identity episode, it's a daily walk. It's sure. a daily walk that lasts my entire life until the work is done, and I'm standing face to face with Jesus. And you know, technically. You may live your entire life and your walk, your walk's still not done. You're not made, you don't see your true identity until you are face to face with Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that happened a lot with the prophets in the Old Testament. Look at, I mean, look at Moses. He didn't even get to see, he didn't even get to go into the promised land. Right. Abraham didn't even know where his descendants were coming from. He had, he had the promise and he was faithful, but he didn't get to see the fruit of the descendants that he was going to come out of. He didn't him. get to see the whole thing. No. Yeah. He didn't get to see the whole thing. But either. he trusted God and he said, yes, 
And he said, yes. Those are the two most important things you can do. And so Jesus comes to fulfill the law and gives us the law of grace and mercy. And he says, if you love your neighbor, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. You are fulfilling and, and hitting the nail on the head for the law and the prophets. I would have to agree. Yeah, that's, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, I think a lot of times the fulfill the law means that it doesn't matter anymore. Now, there's the things that relate to, um, I think, the unclean and the cleanliness and the, and the religiosity of the law that needs to be let go. Because Jesus came to fulfill the sacrifice, the um, all the things that were required in the law, that was the rigidity of following that whole system. Yeah, because that once again it was back to checking the boxes, checking the boxes, right. checking the boxes, and like the rich man that came to that came to talk to Jesus and said, "Well, yeah." Uh, Rabbi, what do, what do I need to do? And he's like, well, you need to obey all the Ten Commandments. And then he's like, well, oh, yeah, I've, I've done all that. Yeah, my and whole Je- life I've done that. And Jesus was like, uh, okay, sure you have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, one thing you lack. One okay. thing he says All right, you well, lack. then you're, you need to you know, sell all your things and then come follow me and give your money to the poor. And he couldn't do it. And, well, it he it left. It he left. He sad. left very sad. It doesn't sound like he did. He maybe he did. Yeah, I mean, we don't. I don't know. know. We don't know for sure. It doesn't tell us that part. But. but that's the whole part. And I believe the new law, the law that Jesus brought, is by faith through grace um, that we're able to live out this spirit-filled life, and it's it's the faith, and it's it says in Romans that you know Israel wasn't able to meet the requirements of the law because they didn't follow it by faith. Right. And they couldn't get their mind around it. They wanted to check the box and right. they, they, and they we, just couldn't understand it. I think we still do that some today. And I think we do. I think we do to some, maybe lesser degree. They were, I, I have know. to earn it. I have to right. do good enough. And it's Jesus has fulfilled that and given us the free gift of salvation. All we have to do is, believe in him right it's Start a heart thing it him. comes down to the heart thing it's crazy yeah. how much of this is your heart it's, is is your heart right with god it's you got not nothing to worry about yeah right. all these other things come into place absolutely seek ye first the kingdom of god seek and hunger and thirst for righteousness which is jesus and all these things shall be added unto you hallelujah amen uh-huh. <laughs> that was a good song. Yeah, it was. <laughs> awesome. Well, that seems like a good place to stop. It does. If you're interested in all of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, I would encourage you to do some studying, some uh, find some, some study Bibles that will talk about the importance of Jesus fulfilling all those prophecies that were spoken of in the law, in the prophets, because it proves that God's plan from the very beginning of time, from the moment that we fell, was set in motion, and he wasn't surprised, and he knew exactly what he would do to reconcile us to him. It's an amazing thing. God bless you, Mike. God bless you, man. I hope you have a great day. You also. We'll see you next time. See you next time. God bless you, listeners. God bless listeners. Love you. Goodbye.
Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you have been challenged to study God's Word, to find out what it says, and to build on what you believe. Our heart is to help create a desire in you to draw closer to Jesus. If you would like to contact us with questions or comments, email us at MikeMattRealThings at gmail.com, on Facebook, Real Things That Really Matter, and on Twitter, at MMRealThings. We would love to hear from you. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to stay in the know of what we are doing. Again, thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. See you next time.